What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news and the buzziest topics with a touch of what, Terence? Good old wacky humor. Good old wacky humor, man. Yeah. That is true, wacky humor. Mm. Yeah, um, about about the hottest topics that people are talking about, and even some that maybe not so much being talked about, but it's just in in the mainstream consciousness, lah. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah. to be, lah. Has to be. If not, if not, we wouldn't have heard of it, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah, has to be. Uh, is there anything else in the in the maybe not so newsy, maybe something fun that has been in your mainstream consciousness the past past couple of days? Something fun, lah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean that's precisely what we're here to talk about, man. Oh, so so yeah. far, oh, that one I didn't mean mean to set that up like a LU for the plug. Oh, <laughs> but no, maybe, no, no, no. maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we can just jump straight into it. Yeah, I think we should, man. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, the 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 one thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about before we jump, before we dive into the topics today, is uh just to give a update on the campaign we ran a f- like a couple of months uh, ago. Uh, we started a couple of months ago for our audio startup called Folklory. It was our mission to get a hundred customers in a hundred days. It started on fourth March, mm. uh, ended on twelfth June, um, and yeah, we just wanted to share how that whole thing came together. Now that a few weeks have passed since it ended, but for those of you who maybe are new to the podcast or hearing the concept of Folklory the first time, or maybe even if you have heard it but you just want to refresh, Terence, what is this little audio startup we have called Folklory? Yeah, Folklory, F O L K L O R Y. It's an audio service where we help you create personal podcasts where we talk to someone you choose and record their stories in audio form. And um, so so think of it as a creating a, you know, a personal time capsule as a gift for somebody in audio form. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've had quite a interesting mix of uh, customers within this 100 in 100 campaign. Uh, and, and I mean... Even before the hundred hundred campaign, we already were doing a, a few beta runs of this. But I think um, this hundred 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 campaign was a real concerted effort for us to put folklore out there, and, and you know use various means and methods to reach out to people, with, uh, other than just word of mouth or or, or via um, you know email or anything like that, right? Yeah, and and before I share like some some stats, um, just. Just to give you an idea of why we started this, because essentially, um, I think we first started trialing it about a year and a half ago. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would have heard us ask for you know testers, and it was just when during COVID, you know, people were distanced from each other. Uh, it was just a way to instead of a photo, which just is like a visual image or a video, which takes so much time to put together. Audio, you can kind of capture emotions in a different way. La. So a lot of the episodes that we ended up uh, selling uh, to customers this time around was like people who wanted to, you know, us to talk to their parents to remember their childhood days so that the, the end customer could pass it to their kids so yeah. that they know their grandparents or like a best friend to talk about why a friend is so important to her for the friend's birthday. So it was it was very sweet la. and a mother to, to share what, her memories of her daughter growing up. Mm. Um, and I, I would safely say that each time Terrence and I did a recording, yeah, it was emotional for both of us as well, in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. so so the this 100 in 100 campaign, we wanted to make, yeah, like what Terrence said, a concerted effort to, okay, let's let's try. We had someone join us on our team, shout out to him. Uh, he was a great help and we, we just figured, okay, let's give it a shot for 100 days, do all we can, market it, talk about it uh, and create a bunch of content and see what happens. So we had a goal to reach 100 customers. Um, And we were updating every week and the end number is we got total of 15 customers. One five. One five. 15%. Now, 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 like on paper, right, by Singapore academic standards, maybe that would be seen as a horrible failure. Mm. Right. But Mm. I think to me, it was, there was so much we learned uh, and I'm actually very happy with the number. Uh, mm. uh, what are your thoughts about the number? Um, I mean, firstly, that's the number of cu- uh, individual customers. customers. Yeah, we got 30 so, episodes. La. Yeah, so out of 15 customers, from 15 customers, a total of 30 episodes or 30 folklories yeah. were recorded and created for the world. Uh. 
So yeah. that's 30 hours, almost, uh, no, no, maybe about, uh, you know, 20 hours of content mm. that was created as a part of this. Uh. But I mean, yeah. the, the larger thing is, yeah, I mean, you know, when we started this, I I honestly was um, quite quite um, taken aback by this whole approach uh, because, uh, you know, it, it's part of this movement to build in public. That means um, just putting out there, just laying out all your statistics and all your your perform the performance week by week and letting people know how the building of your company or startup is coming along. And that goes mm. against, that flies against like the old school convention of like, you know, oh, do everything in stealth, you know, only celebrate the victories. Don't, don't tell people, you know, like fake it till you make it and everything. So okay, imagine if we took that fake it till you make it approach, we'd be just be telling you, oh, these are, you know, folklore is fantastic. We're selling hundreds of folkloreys and, and all that. But mm. uh, yeah, that wasn't a case. Huh? And then along the way, we were discovering why and uh, had to do with a lot of um, various reasons, even some out of our control as well, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot within our control, but also some out of our control. Um, yeah, so it was just a... It's a very uh, mind-opening exercise to just lay yourself and your company's performance bare out, out yeah. there for the world to judge and to see. It's basically like uploading a YouTube video before you, you on your first day of filming, when you have like 10 days of filming left. Uh. You know, it's just the raw product and, and that's why it was a, a big learning um, process for us. But I mean, at the end of the day, we still got customers from Singapore and even some, someone from Mexico we spoke to people from Singapore, Mexico, Germany, USA, and Hong Kong. Um, I think one thing that kind of like uh, we weren't expecting is also uh, certain brands and businesses approached us to to see how Folklore can fit into their business. Mm. Uh, we started social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, we had nine issues of a weekly newsletter that went up. And by the end of this week, it'll be 10 in total talking about this whole journey. And yeah. I think a large part of, of the momentum we created... Um, was was also from listeners of Yalabatla because mm. I think quite a few customers came from our listenership. Um, we saw people share on social social media, and yeah, just a shout out to all of you for helping us. Mm. And and we do have some plans for okay, what happens after this? But before that, uh, Terence, what was one takeaway from the whole process for you? I mean, uh, one big thing I realized, and this is a, I mean, anyone who who runs their own business or, or you know runs their own uh, even department within a larger business or something like that you will understand that uh, like the it you know you you kind of got the to, to find the motivation to to you know um, put in the effort day in day out right it, it's not easy like and a lot of times um, you need some kind of pick me up or boost or some kind of um you know, some kind of KPI being met and, and, and you, you celebrate that to help move move your motivation along. But for me, it was always, every time I I got off or finished a folklore or delivered a folklore, um, there was this immense sense of like, uh, not just pride from, from doing the work, but almost this feeling like it's this is necessary. Like we were doing... Uh, God's work, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to put it like in religious terms, but it almost feels like we, we've, we've in, in the last 20, 30 years because of instant messaging and the internet and all, we've lost the ability to to really just have um, have long conversations and just to, to note down what our thoughts uh, are about at a certain point of time about anything like in particular. Mm. Uh, you know, everything is just about 140 characters in, in uh, this moment and the algorithm, you know, once... It's just begging you to make it interesting, make it shareable, blah, blah, blah. Whereas just sitting down and just having a conversation, just being introspective about your yourself, your life and all these things. I feel that that's a, a skill that we've all had. We, we, we all have. And uh, we've, we've sort of not practiced in the last 20 to 30 years already. Mm. So it was, um, it almost felt like, uh, like we were doing, we were bringing some of that back, you know, every time we were delivering a folklore or doing a folklore with someone. And then I think at no point did I ever feel like, oh, why am I doing this? I don't enjoy doing this at all. Is that every time I finish folklore, I'm like, oh, wow, that's, uh, I mean, I, I learned something that was interesting and, and it's like food for the soul, you know? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I will totally admit that I teared up uh, while recording some folklorists when the person on the other end of the call also was getting teary eyed. So, so I think just building of of uh, Terence's takeaway, which was 
positive. I think for me, it was like, okay, we have received enough feedback to know that, okay, there's there's something here. Lah. Um, but there's still, even it, even though some people like it, it still feels like, okay, um, that whole thing, you know, that overnight success of a startup that goes from zero to 100 in day one, uh, and it's all, it's all like anomalies. Lah. Mm. I think right now, Terrence and I and our teammate, um, we are super psyched, super motivated, but we know there's still a lot more to go, even though we have something that, okay, generally every customer has given us a lot of great feedback. Mm. Um, and that's why we also wanted to be as open as possible to say, yeah, we got 15 out of 100, which sounds horrible, but there's so many things to take away and we are more excited than now than we are when we started, which is a great sign. Mm. Because mm. there's still so much more work to do. Uh, there's still so much more marketing to do. Um, and yeah, and I think that is... The, brings us to the final piece of this 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 wrap up about what what lies ahead la. Yeah, yeah. So our team has taken like a two week kind of hiatus uh, break to recollect, and we're meeting at the end of this week, figuring out what the next steps are. Where do we go from here? Um, do we kind of think of a few different services, tweak it, and and also to to build up our team la. So if anyone out there um, is interested in helping us in any way, shape, or form, website becoming a folklorist, i.e. someone who records, helping us with social media, just hit us up. Because mm. even if you go to our website, I think one big thing for us also is sometimes people still, it's hard to tell them exactly what folklory is just by talking. So if, if by, by now you're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Go to our website. We have some many examples there of audio conversations. And yeah, there, there's still a lot more that we want to do. Yeah. So so in a few weeks, maybe months time, you'll hear us, okay, talk about what is happening next. But it is definitely there. Yeah. And I mean, don't don't forget, like, yeah, we had a lot of interesting conversations about folklore for corporate culture, for, for you know, helping to define a company's culture. Because uh, in this day and age of, like, hybrid working and all, sometimes you don't even see your colleagues for months at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you keep in touch with them? So, so those were very interesting discussions we were and we are having with uh, companies now. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, we, we welcome any 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 of our listeners who also, you know, maybe feel that we could help add something to your organization as well. Yeah, man. And, and if you want more info on this whole journey, our newsletter does document it across 10 issues. Uh, all the links are in the show notes. And yeah, I think I think that's all we wanted to say, man. So yeah. thanks closing for Closing the our, chapter on 100 and 100. Yeah, Boom. closing the chapter on, chapter on 100. 100 in 100. Yeah. 100 in 100. Uh, that was our 10 minute plug man 10 minute plug uh excellent i mean excellent. It, it's it's a it's a yeah it's just a, it's just something we wanted to close a chapter on and there was no better place to do it than on this podcast because we know we have a lot of supporters on the podcast as well right yeah man yeah cool all right now cool, cool, are, we, cool. are we ready to jump into the topic or not? the first topic for today yes let's move forward move forward move forward and why why did you use that phrase specifically Terence? because we are talking about the new social compact for singaporeans called forward singapore is it the new social compact or the exercise to help us find a new social compact uh, i mean yeah we're just playing with words at that point there is a <laughs> it is a new social compact to find a new social compact it is a it is an forward. exercise to find a new social compact Mm. And it, it is an yeah you know, or, or a compact to find a new exercise, mm. uh, but basically it was something that the DPM Lawrence Wong um, s- talked about uh, at a dialogue organized by NTUC on mm. June twenty eighth. So that was mm. yesterday, like, Tuesday, June twenty eighth, and today is all it's all over the news in a very weird way. Why 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 do you say weird? Eh? I say weird because okay, like the speech was like a twenty eight minute speech. Um, and every news outlet has covered it and like given a high-level summary, but it feels like something that is so high-level mm. that is only in the news because it kind of had to be. Mm. As mm. opposed to something that, you know, like some, some things you feel like... Uh, no, when I say kind of had to be in the news, it's like kind of mandated to be in the news. Because mm. mm. uh, it feels like it doesn't need to be in the news, lah. Mm, mm. until uh, there are more concrete steps like you're saying yeah until there are more concrete steps but mm. I mean when when we were talking about uh, uh, this as a potential topic for today what were you thinking were you were you was your, was your were the cockles of your heart warmed or not 
um i mean it's um i thought it was a big coming up party for the 4g leadership lah. like mm. you know to for them to come out and say okay now under lawrence wong what is it that we're gonna uh focus on lah? and uh you know where, where who better deliver the speech than lawrence himself lah, right mm. um and uh you know it's uh, given covid and inflation and, and and gst and and the lack of chickens in in singapore and everything it, it just felt like you know we're dealing with one crisis after another for the last two years already uh and we haven't really had time to sit back and say okay what's what's the roadmap for the next i don't know 10 years or, or whatever for singapore mm. um because yeah people i mean we didn't know that covid you know, would would uh, come close to, we we we. I I don't think anybody six months ago would have imagined that you know we'd be here today, like where you can walk into a club without without uh, completing ART tests and stuff like that already, like right. Mm-hmm. Um, the end just didn't seem anywhere uh, that close. So uh, yeah, it was just. Uh, I I feel like this is a sort of a okay. Now that that big crisis is done, let's let's move on to talk about longer term. What's what's going to happen? Mm. You know. Prior okay. to the next election coming up uh, in 2025 or 2024, depending. Yeah. So so maybe before we talk about like our feelings about it, um, mm. just uh, just to cover what essentially he spoke about. Um, mm. It was, it was yeah, like, like what Terence said, to map out the next five to ten years. And there are six pillars that uh, Lawrence Wong identified. The... Economy and jobs, education and lifelong learning, health and social support, home and living environment, environment and fiscal sustainability, and Singapore identity. And each of them have like, they're known as the six pillars, Mm. the six uh, super pillars, and each of them have three pillar leads. So like the Mm. sub pillars, right? Um, and throughout the speech, I mean, he was just talking about, okay, like it was just why we need an open and free economy for growth. Um, the, a pledge that the income and wealth gaps do not widen, uh, how meritocracy can be improved, um, like just just essentially saying, okay, it needs it can meritocracy is still like the best way to run the country, but it needs to be more compassionate. And then his yeah. vision for tomorrow, which is the opportunities to open to all, all assured of access to basic needs like education, we can build the best home not just for ourselves but for generations of Singapore Singaporeans and so on, lah. Mm. So, mm. but but when reading this, it just made me think like, uh, it feels like uh, every few months there's some new exercise to plan for the next few years for something. Mm. Um, I think the last one was the emerging emerging stronger. There was a task force there to. Yeah. Uh, I think this was yeah coming out of COVID and all. And I was just thinking, is it because when I was younger I didn't care about politics, or is this something that happens quite often, or is this a new thing? There's always like this. Okay, let's put a team together and plan out. I'm sure it happens across all governments, right? But mm, for mm. for it to be kind of like a milestone that is announced and discussed even before there are policies that are meted out. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a mixture of both, uh, right? That there used to, I think there used to be. Remember, there was a sing up the national conversation mm. at one point where. People are literally sitting down and in front of, in the TV station and and chatting with the prime minister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know there were viral clips of Shamugam and Vivian Balakrishnan, right? Uh, was it was it them? I thought it was. Uh, I can't remember who it was, uh, but 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 I do remember this national conversation like maybe ten years ago or something like that. Mm. And then the um, you know there were I I think they also listed there were other campaigns. Prior to that, like, every few years, there'd be something. Um, but I think with social media and, and with the ease of, uh, you know, of uh, giving feedback to the government now and all that, um, this has, this maybe just seems a bit more accessible. And, and, and that's why you feel like you are hearing of it uh, more, more uh, easily and more often now. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. like literally, you can go to www. Uh, there is a website for Forward Singapore already. Uh, uh-huh. Like it's, I think it's on www.sg, uh, where you can actually already start sending feedback to to the government. 
Ah, yeah. okay. So okay. www.sg slash uh, forward, forward SG. SG. I mean, it's just text. Uh. Right now, you see, it's, this is as basic as it gets. Uh. It's just, there's a link to his speech. There's a link to a press release. To get involved in Forward Singapore, there's a link to click there to, I mean, which goes to other parts of www.sg. Uh. But we would like to invite you to share your ideas, feedback, and suggestions for Forward Singapore here. And then you click there and then there's just a, a feedback form. <laughs> Literally a feedback form with just some boxes that you can just fill in. Very oh, basic. Actually, there's also opportunities. So, so like if you click on opportunities, there's you can pick which area of opportunity you want, like learning and growing, engaging in. Oh no, wait, wrong. No, website. but these are, I think I, I believe these are these are already have always been there already. Like, correct, 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 yeah, correct. These are not part of this new campaign. So, ah, okay. I okay, mean, okay. someone probably in GovTech uh, probably had to come up with this Forward Singapore website over like overnight, lah. Yeah, and then they just had a couple of PDFs and uh and a page to get feedback. Oh, that's all. <laughs> Actually, yeah. no, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, there's not much. Know. There's not much. There's really not much. Uh, other there's not much call to action because they're not ready for it yet. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I mean, yeah, I clicked on the link to get involved in Forward Singapore. Click here, and it goes to this pretty website where you get all these opportunities and all. But that is just the part of the .sg slash opportunities, like, But mm. for Forward Singapore, it is a form that literally asks for name, email, contact number, subject, and uh, asks for any feedback and suggestions on a particular government policy or issue. You have a yeah, five thousand yeah, yeah. character limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, maybe that is as. That is as comprehensive as it will get. No, no, no. I, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be more. Yeah. There'll be more to it. But right now, this is it, we're such early stages that yeah, like, you can't expect them to have the whole shebang of like oh, uh, you know, Channel News Asia special or anything like that yet, yeah. yeah. I, I guess. I guess like like I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I still think that oh, okay, it's good to know that they are planning planning these sort of things. Uh, I think one month ago, start of May. That uh, Lawrence Wong first announced that his team is getting together this and it'll be launched and then in mid-2023 the paper will come out. So mm. I think I think it's a good thing. For me, it's just right now, without the intricacies or the nitty-gritties and all, it fe- it feels like it just strikes me as odd, la, like the whole thing. The whole the way it's being going about, like certain things like that stuck out to me. I think when he starts his speech really, um, mm. because he did it at NTUC. Apparently, yeah. they start every speech with like, you know, brother this, brother this, mm, 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 I am mm, brother mm. Lawrence. And even yeah. on the fucking poster behind him, yeah. it says, with Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance, brother Lawrence Wong. Because it's a, it's a trade union, right? But you know, that, trade unions have their, they have their background in very uh, socialist, very left, very uh, very socialist movements. Uh, yeah. Very leftist movements. So, so that's why- yeah, there's there's the, the feeling of the comrades and and brothers and all that in, within the trade union, no? Yeah, that, so that was one thing, and then the other thing I think um, on Reddit and and Bertha Hansen, you know, the political commentator, she did one thing that was pointed out, which I thought yeah, that that is quite interesting. Is each of the six pillars have like mm. three uh, pillar leads la. Mm, so, for mm. example, the equip, which is for education and learning, is Chan Chun Singh, who's the minister for education. Mm. Zaki Muhammad, who's the senior minister of state um, from Ministry of Defense and Ministry of Manpower. Tan Kiat Hao, who's senior minister of state. And everyone's kind of like a, a, a 4G leader, right? Mm, yeah. uh, and then there's Ng Chi Ming, under economy mm. and jobs, who's yeah. the secretary general of NTUC. Mm, correct. Yeah. Um. And apparently, he stood for election in 2020, but didn't make it through. Or no, he was he was beaten. Yeah, he was the team that was beaten by the Workers Party. Yeah. yeah. He was he was already a uh, an MP already at that point in time. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was an MP, but now he's not. He's still part of PAP la, But yeah, he's not and an he's MP the, He's Secretary General of NTUC. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So I think w- the one comment that yeah, she, Bertha Hansen pointed out. Uh, and. Of course, on her comment wall, a lot of people were supporting that, but I even saw it come up on Reddit. But there is that sentiment that, oh, uh, how come he's part of the the task force that is mapping out the future of Singapore? Like, given that he's not an elected official. Mm, mm, like everyone mm. else on the, the all the pillar leads, you can you can say that, okay, they were all elected into their positions as MPs. Like. Yeah. I think one other exception is Tan Chuan Jin, who's the Speaker of Parliament. But I mean... Yeah, at least he's in. Uh, he's he's like like okay. But did that did that comment about Ang Chiming or even Tan Chuan Jin stick out to you? Um, I mean, it's very clear since the last election that Ang Chiming was 
uh, meant to figure in the larger plans of the PAP mm. and the government as well. And it was quite a shock that they that they lost lah. So um, I mean, they don't they you know they spend all that time uh, building up their talent pool and, and cultivating him as a as you know someone to yeah someone to to rely on in the long term lah in politics. Mm. So I I'm I I I think maybe like for example when they were remember when there was that consultation exercise of who should be the next leader. Yeah, for he was consulted as well. Oh yeah, he was consulted as mm. well. So, you, you, it's very clear to me that yeah, like he's he figures in the longer term plans, uh, mm. and they're gonna treat this, uh, you know, the twenty twenty elections as a anomaly, and probably try and get him back into into parliament asap lah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So apart from that, there was nothing else to comment at this point because there's no policies being uh mapped out yet. But mm. it just felt like I mean I don't think there are ever like reviews once this paper comes out about okay what what are the metrics that were met or anything. they really share the metrics or the KPIs yeah. right? it's just the plans like, right yeah 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 that's right right so so I mean it just felt like oh okay that's that's cool it's good to know they're planning this but mm. I know it's something that happens in companies as well even though my experience with five year planning in the first company I worked at was a uh, it was a bullshit exercise like. it's just this young admin officers all get together all trying to change the world we propose a bunch of shit all the big bosses say you guys are dumbasses and none of this is going to work and <laughs> a few months later something comes out which we kind of mentioned but we were told it's a stupid idea but turns out the company was planning it for the past few months already uh, I see but I mean but, but uh, that's what leadership renewal uh, is about right because mm. Lawrence Wong is one of I mean I guess the difference is that Lawrence Wong is going to be the leader uh, for the next round already mm. and he's the one that's like like uh, pushing forward a lot of these uh, a lot of these supposedly newer ideas and all that right mm, mm, mm. and try and uh, agitate for a new social compact and I think a lot of the language he uses is is, uh, is stuff that you know younger people younger Singaporeans or the next generation of Singaporeans do want to hear la, mm, about mm. Uh, understanding that you know uh, you know, competition is important, but at the same time, we must mitigate the effects of uh, unbridled competition, lah. You know, I mean, when it comes for work, like like employment and career, lah. Yeah, anything you know, like international, like having you know, competing internationally, but understanding that just opening up your market to to yeah, opening up your economy to the free market doesn't necessarily uh, improve the lives of people here, lah. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, the, the the my favorite example is always like like the 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 when you know, when they opened up competition for for the English Premier League and between Singtel and 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 Starhub and then they started bidding up prices and and you know everything got really expensive and then at one point you could only only if you subscribe to a Singtel set top box then you could watch EPL and shit like that mm. so that that didn't make anyone's life better right yeah. we weren't we weren't paying for cheaper prices neither were we like. Uh, more convenient for everyone to watch EPL and stuff. Mm. So, so, so there are, there are downsides of of just the you know the the uh, free market economy and all that lah. And then just acknowledging that itself as part of uh, your policy, I think is important lah. Yeah, because I mean, I, I just want to correct you there. It did make the lives better of the Singtel C C level suites lah, probably. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I Singtel mean, those, C level suites. Yeah, yeah, their lives uh, became much better. Their lives, yeah. their lives were fucking great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, so, yeah. so I think the language he uses is 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 actually uh, pretty important. Uh. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, so and I mean have to give him credit for the way he he speaks la, Right. Mm. He just mm. has a has a has a has a as I think he's the term has been used a statesman's like statesman like quality. And you just listen to him you're like, okay, okay, let's, uh let's let's see what happens. It's not say like some other speakers who just by having their mouth open and some noises come out, you get annoyed lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he's he's come a long way in terms of uh, mm. his presentation and everything. Cause, uh, yeah, I was just watching bits and pieces of of the speech as well, and uh, yeah, just just the way he delivers it, I guess is is a, he's been very well trained and and like like you say last statesman like already la. I'm mm. right, super convinced that that this is going to be like super different from everything else and like national conversation all that. Uh, remains to be seen, lah. I think let's just see what happens along the way. Like, I, I do remember the a lot of the Wayang bits of the national conversation, you know. 
Yeah. The the having big groups sitting in front of the Prime Minister and 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 talking in front of television cameras and all that. And you know, we all in the media industry, we know how tightly controlled those uh, those kind of events are, la, right? Mm, mm, mm. Can't really, yeah, you probably had to submit questions and have them vetted before you could ask them and all that. La. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't, a, didn't, didn't feel that authentic as a real conversation. You know what's a real conversation though? What? Like, a podcast, la, like a podcast. I think, just sitting down and just talking for like, an hour, an hour or two, la, right? Yeah, honestly, if Lawrence Wong starts a podcast where every week he just talks to a different MP for like one hour, not about yeah. policy, but just about, they just shoot shit, like, you know? Like, what are shoot your the favorite? shit, yeah. Call it the 4G, you know? Yeah, the 4G. The, 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 the OG, the, yeah, the, the 4G or the old, something, like, it just feels yeah. like it's a gold mine, man. Yeah. But actually, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we can talk very high level about all this, like, but was there any particular thing he said that you feel, yes, this is a priority and, and it, it you know, it's, it's good that we're looking at it now or, or anything? Um, I think the part about the the meritocracy and uh, like and, and wealth inequality la. Mm. I think he literally said that um so you know like it has its downsides such as the rich giving their children more opportunities and the risk of privilege being entrenched across generations mm, mm, mm. I think that one uh, and like yeah about broadening the concept of merit beyond academic creden- credentials by recognizing and developing talents in diverse fields so it just feels don't know whether it, like something might come out of that, but it feels refreshing to hear that from the DPM. Mm, uh, mm. Especially because, you know, for the longest time, the the politicians in Singapore have always been seen as the elite and they, sometimes it's, it's not even acknowledged that, yo man, like being uh, rich in Singapore or anywhere comes with a lot of, you get a head start, right? Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, no, uh, yeah, I think the, the big thing is acknowledging the downsides of meritocracy as mm, well. Mm, Right, which is uh, it's a nuance that sometimes I feel when I talk to older people, they don't understand. Mm. Uh, older meaning like 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 you're like boomers and all. Yeah, there's a general sense that if you're not successful, it's, it's your, your fault. fault. Yeah, you didn't work hard enough and all that. And and usually that's like because they're already successful themselves, like you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of people fail to recognize that there are uh, a lot of extraneous reasons also why someone is or is not successful. Mm. Uh, not to say that I'm like this, like you know, like like social worker or activist who knows who who, who is closer to the ground and understands all these issues, lah. Mm. But meritocracy in itself has has this has this uh, inbreeding mentality, lah. Right? Inbreeding uh, mentality. <laughs> yeah, is that that this? If I mean, it's kind of it's a bit perverse. Where it's like if you are if you are successful, it's because you worked hard and, and not because of anything else other than the fact that you worked hard. Mm. Not, not because you had a head start from your family or not because you didn't have to deal with uh, family problems or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So so there's this um, lionization of people who are successful and almost demonization of like uh, anyone who, you know, falls off the tracks, right? Mm. Not acknowledging that it could have been a health reason or family problems or mental health issues. That, that cause all this, like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you know, it ends up being like, oh, yeah, that guy, obviously, you know, he he turned to terrorism because he was a failed businessman and, you know, he couldn't he couldn't do anything in, in like, normal society in life, like, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then I, 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 I feel like that's a very one-dimensional uh, view and very, very unnuanced view and explanation of life, like, right? Yeah. So and and uh, yeah uh, So I hope that we move away from those kind of uh, narratives where oh because he's successful means that yeah everything they did was correct and everything they did was fair and right and just and all uh, yeah. But but did anything stick out to you? No, that I think that for me as well was a big part. Just mm. the acknowledgement that meritocracy is not uh it's not it's not uh it's not a. uh you know uh, uh it's not sanctimonious to criticize meritocracy lah. Mm. you know uh, that, that's what I think was important uh, that someone acknowledges that meritocracy does have its downsides as well uh. hey, you sound like politician all day what's sanctimonious and all got no simpler word uh. Uh, that, I mean this meritocracy is not this sacred cow that cannot be questioned oh, you know okay, which okay, is what I felt like cow, it was before yes. uh, Correct, it uh. was this sacred cow that oh don't don't question meritocracy if not for meritocracy you know, we'd be, we'd be, we won't be where we are today. We'd be, you know, like worse off, you know, we'd be sending our our women to another country to be helpers, domestic helpers and things like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of statement, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I think one thing that I, I I definitely took away from the speech, which I think we ourselves should implement, is that I, I, we should start calling each other brother uh, Harish and brother Terence. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just I mean, it came across across so statesman like, right? Mm. Uh, so maybe I can start off in the podcast next time, you know, with a like Carter's news and Buzzier's topics with, with a touch of what, brother Terence. But you, isn't that what you really do? You are very, you're the kind of bro, bro. Everyone is a bro kind of person. Hey, right? Not everyone. Lah. Well, you, lah. You, you, you basically use, hey, bro, bro, bro. That kind of, no, but the, there's, those. there's something about the bro thing which is almost kind of like, it's like an inside joke. Lah. You know, uh-huh. like, it, it, it's like, if I call you, hey, what's up, bro? It's almost uh-huh. taking the, the piss out of the, the bro, bro thing. Lah. You don't uh-huh. understand the nuance, lah, Terrence. Brother oh, yeah, Terrence. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand the nuance because yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but the yeah. point. That's no, the there's point some there's some people who are very irritated with the whole bro thing, uh, right? Yeah, so for them, I use the bro thing even more. Oh, but yeah, how do you know that they are that type of person? I mean, I only do it if I know them well. Uh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So you don't know how I talk to the people I don't know well, right? Uh, I think I've seen enough uh, <laughs> to know. <laughs> Yeah, so I had this. I always had this impression: you're uh, everyone's a bro kind of no person. No lah, something I don't fucking hate it, man. Bang, bang, a bang. Hey, yeah, bang, no, 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 bang. The one thing I remember last time, like if you, you know, have a have a thing for this one girl or something, and then they call you bro. That's mm. I guess now that's universally <laughs> like a bullet to the heart, man, right? Yeah, with bro zone nah, when no, you're bro I, I zone. Have I shared this before? Like someone last time, I think the biggest yeah, yeah, bullet yeah. to my heart was a broish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was right there. I think. I think. Oh, fuck, you I saw, saw the message. message. <laughs> Holy shit, bro rash. You got no. bro rashed. Yeah. Bro that zoned. was not just one of my nuts that fell to the floor. It was both. Yeah. Just you got bro zoned. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Bro rash. Yeah. Bro So you still want to use the word bro, even though it could. No, yeah. bro is different from brother. Oh, okay. No, brother, brother Terrence. Brother. What are your thoughts, Brother Terence? Okay, okay. It sounds a bit like cultish, uh, but I'll, <laughs> I'll run with it if, uh, you know, like in prof comedy, it's just, say, just say yes. Brother I'll run with Terrence, it if it makes yeah. you happy. Yes and, yes uh, and. But yeah, actually, no, there's one more thing also that, that he also said that I think uh, needs to be highlighted uh, is that uh, he said that we need to acknowledge, the, you know, how lower income uh, jobs that don't seem as desirable as like normal white collar jobs, like being a security officer, uh, you know, uh, hawkers, food delivery personnel, all these are very important to the economy. And then mm. we should not look down on them or speak ill of them. And we should also try to pay them well. Mm. You know, he, he said that very clearly. And I think uh, that's also another something that I think uh, a big takeaway from from COVID lah for everyone mm, you know mm. beyond just the clapping at the balconies or clapping from your houses uh, yeah there's more that we can and should do for frontline workers especially yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and, and and not just clapping lah yeah lah like literally paying them better and finding finding better career paths for them as well mm, correct 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 yeah cool yeah. cool cool but yeah All right. I mean that's a uh, that's our take on the Ford Singapore. So, uh, would you want to be part of Ford Singapore? Uh, yeah, I would. Like how? Just by filling out the 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 form. No lah, heart to heart talk with uh the pillars are uh, the pillars. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Would I? I think uh, would love to to get some of these like pillars on the podcast lah, right? Yeah. To yeah. really understand uh. There's certain challenges that they face in 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 because everything here on paper seems like yeah yeah this is the right thing to do, but I'm sure there are also challenges that they have to balance as as politicians, are, right? Yeah, exactly. In terms of implementing these issues, so uh, yeah, it's and because uh, yeah, it just feels like that a lot of conversations will happen like either via a form or something. But sometimes, you know, like even if they are talking about a policy that when you read you're like oh fuck, but when you talk to them you understand. It just feels like yeah lah. If we could get somebody on the podcast, that would be fucking great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, right now, come August, I think we have someone lined up. Hopefully, that falls through. Um, someone, falls through meaning it oh, happens. No, uh, uh, sorry, not doesn't fall through. Doesn't fall doesn't through. Doesn't fall through. Yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I always yeah. get confused about the fall through thing. Uh. It sounds what? like I think what you're saying is more like, oh, I hope everything falls in place for oh, that. Yeah, like, yeah, correct. <laughs> falls through is like falls through the cracks of the yeah, drain and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, wow, it's just two words away from total opposite meanings. Uh. Yeah, yeah, fall yeah, through, correct, fall correct. in place. Yeah, but I think, yeah, the, you know, the people 
and people are now more receptive like like what you said like more receptive to talking and you know and contemplating issues about politics yeah in their day-to-day lives uh yeah. don't I'm not not taking any credit for it lah, but i think the, the the fact that a lot of podcasts and there are a lot of people who listen to podcasts now also help that help that movement lah, right uh yeah and i mean like just not say podcasts there are a lot of people who write about this kind of shit also mm. there are other podcasts that also cover the topics yeah. um so yeah i think the more people talk about it in general the better lah. yeah yeah correct 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 cool but cool 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 all right and that brings us to our second big topic of the day lah, right yeah which is also another uh mass movement of of people yeah uh, or at least upcoming mass movement of people that has just been announced in and, singapore and i can imagine why you were so excited to talk about this lah. i am and i'm super excited about it lah. yeah but yeah, i'm sure you're excited also lah. Uh, I'm okay lah, I'm okay lah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, what is this uh, mass movement of people? It is uh, the announcement that the Tour de France race, which mm. is, you know, the world famous 3,500 kilometer over three weeks race that happens in France that is, yeah, is world famous. Mm. Um, they are going to have a stage cycling race here on October 29th and 30th. Mm. Yeah. And most specifically, it is a criterium race. Lah. It is yeah. not part of the official Tour de France. Yeah. Um, it is just an event where riders either cycle a predetermined number of laps or for 30 to 90 minutes around a closer kit line. And each lap can range from about 800 meters to 10 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, I found it surprising because I, I don't know, maybe it was being whispered in the underlings of the Singapore cycling community, but I never knew that this was even consi- being considered. Oh, you mean uh, there's a... Singapore Cycling Community oh, I'm like sure WhatsApp that. or something I'm that, sure that I'm sure you're part I'm, of uh. no no I'm not part of oh you're not I'm, part of it. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm, so but I'm sure there is a community uh, I see I see I see and the yeah. cool thing is that it's going to have like the world's best eight of the world's best professional cycling teams mm, mm, mm. Uh, I mean these are the guys who also compete in the Tour de France and, and everything right? yeah, yeah, yeah so, so yeah. I think I mean I think as an event I think it's it's pretty cool like, it's really cool uh, because it's not just like an open invitational where, you know, Singaporeans can sign up or something. Mm. It is really world-class cyclists who come here and it'll be a city circuit. La. Yeah, a closed closed city circuit. So it'll be like F1. La. It'll be like F1 exactly. uh, on yeah. a smaller scale. La. Yeah, and I, I I love the idea. I love the idea. You you you, you know, you, you make it an event, you close off roads so that there's no uh, mixing of pedestrians and cyclists. And, oh, and, so and that's everything. why you were excited to talk about it. Because I'm super you, excited. This yeah. is the only way cyclists should be on roads, is it? I think, yeah, at least this kind of like uh, wearing spandex and, and speeding speeding around. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is the positive example for people to follow. Yeah, but not everyone is a world-class athlete that can go to a city and cycle in a closed... No, uh, there's going to be there's going to be amateur races as well. Where you'll be allowed to also cycle on this closed circuit. Ah, uh, so, so I mean, actually, the, the, to be fair, I I said I just thought this interesting because there's this. I mean, people were, were posting this and tagging me because they know that I, I have my views about cycle, street cycling and all that, lah, Right? Mm. Thinking that I'm going to be infuriated by this, lah. But actually, conversely, I'm actually super excited about it because, uh, yeah, it's another like what you say is F1 for like cycling. Mm. You know, it's a uh, you know, uh, they, 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 it's going to be broadcast on TV. People going to probably see parts of Singapore like they've never seen before, like the closed circuit. And it's going to sh- feature all the the beautiful landmarks of Singapore mm. again. And uh, yeah, and, and you know, the Tour de France uh, is, is, is um, it's not a sport that is very heavily followed in Singapore or anything like right, cycling. Yeah. Uh, but it's always I always find it like every sometimes when I see that oh they're showing the Tour de France on TV, sometimes I will just follow it just to see see the parts of France that they cycle in lah. Mm. You know they cycle through like uh, smaller towns and and very beautiful uh, scenery and all that. And it's always something to to marvel at lah, right? Mm-hmm. And then for that to be happening in Singapore, I think it's pretty cool as well that they're that they're going to be doing that and showcasing the urban landscape in Singapore. Yeah. You think, yeah. You think they're going to kind of like do it somewhere, I mean, uh, around the F1 circuit so that all the seats can be repurposed. They're like, okay, okay, the F1, yeah. you know, don't close it, just keep it and, because and, that would be kind of cool. 
Yeah, actually, that would make a lot of sense. Right? Then, you know, they set up all the, the barriers and everything. Yeah. Uh, and they can reuse them for like two, for two separate events, right? Yeah, but, but you don't think this is going to get like these little Singaporeans watching and they're like, oh my God, cycling is so cool. Daddy, can I get a cyclist? And then in 10 years time, yeah. they will be also on the roads uh, riding next to you and you will be 10 years older and even angrier and thinking, fuck man, 10 years ago, they had this event that inspired this person to take up the wheels in the first place. That's fine. That's right. I I I'm not against cycling per se. I'm just against. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a very big community of of uh, be, uh really ill-behaved cyclists like, as well mm. in Singapore who don't who right now uh taking advantage of the fact that you know cyclists are not uh, cycling is not regulated and 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 and, and, and you know they're just like um, breaking the rules and whether they're as pedestrians or breaking the rules as as, as road vehicles mm-hmm. uh, but maybe all this will change because of of these kind of professional events that have to take place that will take place in Singapore lah. Mm. it will make us a bit more cognizant of the infrastructure how infrastructure can better support cycling uh, it will inform everyone that hey cycling as much as it's a you know it's a very leisurely activity but it's also can be quite a dangerous sport that you know people have to wear helmets and and follow rules very strict rules and everything like right yeah yeah correct, yeah, correct. so I, I only see i only see there being plus sides and if people are inspired if my kid is inspired to to be a cyclist one day i'll make sure that he he follows the rules as well and not be one of those dickheads who just like sees a red light just like zooms by it <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think as an as an event, uh, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome, la. Like, uh, like because the F one, the F one, I don't know, F one comes with it a certain sense of like, okay, you know, not everyone has an F one car, not mm. everyone is going to be able to cycle or to drive along these yeah. roads, uh, in a way like that, like But cycling, it, it just feels more accessible. Yeah, and everyone can buy spandex. Just head all over the decathlon. And yes, yes, yes. Everyone, spandex. <laughs> everyone can. Uh, <laughs> everyone can. And and I think just even as a spectator event, I mean, the, the cyclists don't go as fast as a fucking F1 car, like, right? Mm, mm, so yeah. you can actually see it and to see the the human aspect of it is going to be dope because uh, these people are all ripped as shit, man. Um, I hope yeah. they're... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the status is of the, the cycling industry or the where you know at one point drugs was a big thing right steroid yeah. use and all yeah 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 I think it has cleaned up uh, I hope but but yeah um, uh, exciting times are. but I mean this is this October right yeah this October yeah this October but so far so far feedback has been quite nothing too I mean on Reddit you, you get people just say making fun of the name and all that but generally mm. no one is like like lobbying against it, uh? uh yeah, no one. I think we've just accepted that you know Singapore as a is if if Singapore can be a focal point for global events yeah. in Southeast Asia, um, I mean it's not a bad thing, lah. Yeah, exactly. You know, Even the though moment on- Billie Eilish is coming to Singapore for concert, uh, you know all the other, you know, Singapore is always one of the nowadays, like I think. Uh, Singapore is always one of the first places that, that a lot of singers and all that come for concerts. And, uh, you know, for like 20 years ago, it wasn't the case. Uh, you know, Singapore was always like... Uh, it was hey, where you often are? Where skipped Singapore? over. Uh. Yeah, it was often skipped over by a lot of bands and touring artists and all that. Mm. But uh, now it seems to be the place to go because if you're just going to hit Asia, you might as well hit Singapore. Yeah. And, and if people from around Southeast Asia want to watch your concert day they can fly to Singapore very easily, right? Yeah. And I mean, smart of Tour de France also, like, this criterion thing is basically like a roving race that goes around the world and just, it's, it's brilliant marketing for the event itself. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I really don't know much about the sports cycling other than Lance Armstrong and all the doping scandals and all that. Like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even this, yeah, even just getting us to talk about this, that's that's a plus for the marketing really, like, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who website- knows, man, maybe we'll be Maybe I'll be wearing spandex like around the, in October, going around with, with uh, think, supporting all this. I think I know what to get you for your birthday this year, la. <laughs> and your kid also. Yellow butt spandex. Eh. Yellow butt spandex. Wow, that would be fucking great. Man. Yeah. Sponsor. We join the mature race, la. Yeah. So if you yeah. see a cyclist wearing yellow butt spandex, you know that they they're showing support to to the podcast and also hopefully they behave on the road, la. 
Ya, ya, ya. Eh, yang lebat spandex lah. Yeah. Oh, lemak. But you wear, if you wear that, you you must be like, you just have to watch your behavior lah. Don't be an asshole Because yeah, exactly people la. call you hypocrite. Yeah, you exactly. Otherwise, yeah. Then you put like a, your face on, right, like very prominent on the back of the the spandex lah. You mean the butt area lah? Not the butt lah. Can be the back lah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 the back. Yeah, the yeah. Back. But yeah, cool, 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 yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. So, cool. Yeah, I mean, we're excited lah. I mean, we're excited. So yeah, they, uh, all those people who are, who are like tagging me or that, yeah, don't 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 get so excited because I'm actually supportive of this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. All right, cool man. Is it time? Cool. Is it time for the one shot comment of the week? Oh, the yes. past few days, I mean, past few days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it's, uh, I, I kind of expected this, you know, that, that there'll be quite polarized uh, conversations going on about the, the you know, the US Supreme Court striking yeah. down uh, Roe versus Wade. Uh, so yeah, there's a bit of a debate going on on our, on our subreddit already on, mm. on that, on that. Uh, page and uh, yeah, there are really people who are saying that you know, uh, that you're for such polarizing matters, you don't understand if you're not willing to put in the effort to understand both sides, please just stick to wacky topics. Uh, you know, comments like that. Like, and, and I mean, I, I get this, these comments are all very, I like, I, I think during our podcast, we already predicted, like, right, mm. that you will hear. Uh, comments from the right, you will hear comments from the left, and we are not advocating for either. Uh, but we are just sort of stating what the general, what what people are saying about the Supreme Court's decisions and things like that, lah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like like people are saying that, hey, so seems politically motivated and all that, and and I think of your recommendation, I I went to see, uh, you know, like uh, Brett Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court judge, like literally what he was saying about Roe versus Wade at his swearing at his uh, not swearing when he was being questioned by the senators and all that, lah. Mm. And he was like, yeah, you know, there's a precedent and, and and everything else after that is a precedent on the precedent. Uh, and then after he he came in, he once he became a Supreme Court judge, he came in and just completely overturned it. Lah. Yeah. You know? I, so I so think, yeah. it's, it's uh, for me, for, for people to eventually say that, hey, it is, seems very politically or biased or personally biased. I mean, it's, uh, you just have to look at the different, the, the, how how they flip flop on these issues and 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 make your own judgments from there, right? Yeah, and I think I, I think everyone should at least try and uh, read up on their own as well because now over the past few days, I mean, I'm I'm curious what the arguments are, um, or how people who are kind of debating that uh, for the the abolishment or the turning back of this and overturning. Of this is is the right thing to do. There's actually quite a few panel discussions, even on CNN, which I thought, mm. hey, okay, like at least you can hear, and it's not just like like emotional stuff. Like they they do specify certain things that at least thought provoking, like at least thought provoking. Mm. Yeah. So so yeah. So I mean, if anyone has any comments at all, please go to the subreddit and just chime away, man. Yeah, and I I think even the. I didn't like the the at hominem attack saying that we never put in the effort. Or, we have put in the effort, lah. Mm. Uh, do we understand everything? No, we don't, lah. But uh, but you know, we we have put in the effort to try and listen to it from both sides, and even down to reading the actual, cons- uh, you know, the uh, the concurrent uh, not the concurrence, what the 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 opinions of the judges as well. Yeah, and I think uh. One of the judges was very clear that as well that they are going to, based on this overturning of Roe versus Wade, they are going to look at other other things uh, like like uh, you know the availability of contraception for couples, uh, you know same sex intimate same sex relationships and all that lah. So mm. it's not as we're not we're not just like slippery sloping it lah. We are saying that there is very clear evidence in the Supreme Court judges' opinions that they are. Uh, looking at, at looking at all these things, lah, and and you you can't help but assume that their personal views or personal biases about about uh, abortion, about contraception, and everything will be a fa- uh, will be a factor, lah. You know, mm, 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 yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, lah. That's the that's the interesting thing about this debate. Everything that I predicted that people would say actually. Yeah, la, someone has literally come out and made comments about it and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. 
What is your what is so what is your one shot comment? My one shot comment was wait, let me pull it up. Oh, so um I think on a on a previous episode we kind of gave a shout out to uh, a post by Freya Sun uh about that I mean not political at all, just her dress guide for Singaporean males post Uniqlo. Mm. Um, I think it went quite viral and I think uh, quite a few people tagged her telling uh, and I say her because she did uh, say in her response to us that she's a female um, but she kind of commented on our podcast as well just thanking us for the affirmation and heads up mm. um, so so I think it always it always warms my heart when we give a shout out to someone and they actually hear it from people who tag them and it comes back full circle to us and I was like, yeah, that's that was just a nice comment. So shout out again to you, Freya-san. Well, double and shout out. Sir. Double shout out. And, and yeah, all the best with your brand new blog. Mm, yeah. Yeah, man. It's a blog about the... Singapore fashion. Singapore fashion and how men can dress better. Right? Yeah. So after you go to our Reddit for the Roe versus Wade and you like type all your anger and angst out, yeah. check out the link uh, <laughs> in case you're a male or know like your significant other. Uh, just check out the the blog post for yeah. some fashion advice, lah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cool. All right. Now onto the one short thing for the past few days. Uh, what is yours? Uh, mine is I I I saw a few days ago. Um, on my some uh, starting to get more regular TikTok fucking veg outs. Uh, this clips from some Indian wedding where mm. there was a group of guys just dancing like a choreographed dance moves to this to the songs like and it felt like it was oh shit it was a long performance and for anyone listening who maybe is not the most aware of what goes down during a typical Indian wedding is that they are dance performances like either by friends or cousins and it can be very fun but normally the fun comes from watching your cousins or friends uh just mess up the choreography like, and still mm. dance but this was so fucking well put together, right? And then I saw it a few times and then I said, oh, it's uh, they're dancing to Indian songs and the group of guys is like, what, 20 of them? They look like from every race and ethnicity imaginable. And then some captions said, oh, you know, there's Norwegian dance crew. Then I was like, what the fuck? Norwegian dance crew? Blah, blah. So I Google mm. and turns out that they were indeed going viral in India. Um, and it wasn't just like a few clips on TikTok. It happened, I think, a few weeks ago. Uh, they put it on YouTube and... The full show, which is a full 12 minutes, has now, I think, 12 million views. And it is fucking great, man. Like, mm. the way they dance, right? Like, you watch it. I found myself coming back to them, coming back to it a few times because, like, they just look like they're having a great time. They're all super good dancers. At the end, the groom joins in. And a bit more Googling, it, 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 this group, right, they're called Quick Style. And they actually won the Norwegian, Norway's Got Talent in, I think, 2009. And then they, it's a group started by like three people, one of whom is the groom in this wedding. Then they are now like they are 200% troop. They have choreographed for groups like BTS. No, They've choreographed four of their songs. They've been nominated for an MTV award. And I was like, oh shit, this is so cool. And I think now they are getting like global recognition. So so it's 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 awesome. Like, like you watch the video, it's just, it just can't make you, can't, Make you not smile. Uh, so is it a, a video or is it a whole channel? Uh, for the wedding performance, it is one video. Um, but mm. it's uploaded on their YouTube channel, uh, The Quick Style. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, and their group. And you watch the video, it's great, man. And if you are on TikTok, you would probably, you may have seen it. I don't know. It's just great, man. Mm. Great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, what about you, man? Yeah, my, my one joke thing is also a YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, there's this YouTube channel that I just started watching their videos recently. It's a, it's actually a basketball analysis channel called uh, JX My High Roller, and uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, you know some high school kid, but it really has over two million subscribers, and uh, they do quite interesting analysis of like um, various things that like has the three pointer ruined basketball. You know, that's the mm. thesis statement. And then after that, they go into quite a lot of research and and charts and everything to, to talk about whether, you know, like um, three-pointers have ruined basketball. You know, they talk about other things about how how the NBA, how this year's NBA playoffs are out of control. And then and, and, and they go into various um, analysis and statistics about basketball. Like the kind of analysis that I think fans really enjoy. Mm. Uh, and not so much the kind of... Uh, 
hardcore like data crunching kind of thing, but we're just generally talking about the philosophy of of of, of the game of basketball, uh. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it? it's it's uh yeah a lot of the videos every video gets over a million plus views. Is it a new channel? Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. It started about a, couple, a few years ago already, but maybe back then it was more of how, um, you know, they were they were talking a lot more about college basketball and 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 things like that lah. But it's the more recent videos where they start going into into uh, a, a bit more analysis of 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 the of the game itself mm. uh, and uh, probably a bit more clickbaity titles as well uh, that, that they've become that they've they've had millions of views uh, yeah oh really uh? mm. and how do you chance upon it I think the video just came out just with the I mean the literal title is three pointers have ruined basketball and that's just a, a discussion that a lot of fans have like you know whether on reddit or forums they talk about whether now you know now basketball is just about catching the ball and shooting three pointers yeah and does does that make it less exciting or or you know not as interesting to watch and we you know they ask whether whether someone like michael jordan would how would he be in today's basketball game right mm. uh, or you, you take someone like stephen curry and then how would he play you know back in the 80s and 90s how would he fare back in the 80s and 90s so those, those are very interesting questions that uh you know, it's worth breaking down a little bit more with statistics and, and understanding um, whether the game is, is really less exciting because of all these issues. Huh? Oh, I see. Oh, cool, mm. cool, cool. Yeah. So check it out. GX, my high roller. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Uh, one bag. One, yeah, one more in the bag and we will talk to you all very soon.